This is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast, hosted by Roman Prokopchuk, bringing you all things digital marketing, tech, business, and motivation. What's stopping you from becoming relentless in all aspects of life? Are you ready to become a digital savage? Let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have with me Joanna Dolman. Joanna is the founder of Alopecia Angel. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure. My pleasure. So tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you get to where you are now? Some of the things you had to overcome and how did you end up to the uh, 2020 you? So when health sets an alarm and gives you some sort of alarm, A lot of times we like to take a step back and revisit as to what's going on. And a lot of times your career, your life pivots and changes direction. Mine changed dramatically back when I was diagnosed with alopecia. Alopecia is an autoimmune disease and it starts most of the time as a bald spot. Mine was in the back of my head. And as I was speaking to a client earlier today, A lot of times it's your hairstylist who's diagnosing you, not the doctor, because no one's really going through your hair unless it's your hairdresser. And so my hairdresser um, back in California had diagnosed me. And as I'm in the chair and he's working on it, I started Googling, started trying to see what, what alopecia was. I had never heard of it before. And yes, I was in the middle of uh, transitions. I was in the middle of work. I had just moved from Miami to Denver. Um, I had just, uh, you know, done a lot of things and it was a tumultuous time and alopecia just made things worse. Uh, hair loss for many is very traumatic. It's very unnerving. And a lot of times they say there's no cure. A lot of times you go to doctors and they want to give you a cortisone shot. They want to give you a cream. They want to put band-aids on this. And so after seeing multiple doctors in California, Colorado, in the Netherlands, where I now live, no one could really help me. Uh, conventional medicine had failed me and fails a lot of people in, in many sense of the way because I actually started doing the research. I started to look into what I could do and how I could take control of my health because if I was 35 and diagnosed with this, like I knew I could be bald or I could grow back my hair. Like Those are the, the options really. And so when I went ahead and moved forward. It took me two and a half years, but I reversed this. And so I, I believe uh, that this was a calling, a calling not just a, a red flag in my life that I need to attend to, but also a calling in terms of how I moved from working in corporate, which was draining me, which was stressing me out, which was a lot of things to where I am now, promoting health and wellness, working with um, clients all over the world, telling them that through diet and lifestyle, we can reverse this. And on top of it, seeing results with people who have been bald for over five, 10, 15 years, people who've been diagnosed with alopecia as a child and then are able to reverse it. And it's it's been such a satisfying calling and I'm moving forward, uh, not just in my own health journey, but promoting it and encouraging it in others. And I think that platforms such as yours are, are just so important to creating the impact because a lot of times we're, we believe growing up that something 
over-the-counter, uh, let's say like over-the-counter medicine, or maybe what our doctor says is the end-all be-all, and it's really not. You really have more control over your health. You really have more control over what your life looks like. And as I was reading yesterday a book, even how you die, we have that much control because if we take care of our diet and lifestyle, then we are able to take out and rule out a lot of the possibilities, even if genetics, quote unquote, is a factor. We don't have to be obese as our parents are. We don't have to die from diabetes, maybe like a parent or a, a sister or a brother did. We don't have to, you know, get cancer. We don't have to do a lot of things and it, a, a lot of it is by choice. So the diet and the lifestyle is, is so key. And um, coincidentally, during my alopecia, I was actually dating and I met my husband, my now husband, and he's a professional athlete. And so it's so funny how everything just lined up, not just the hair loss, <laughs> but uh, marrying the athlete and then both of us on this on the same path towards health and wellness. Yeah, I think it's um, it's very interesting, and I think it's very rewarding. I, when you go from that kind of corporate, obviously corporate roles are very stressful, with different politics things, and, and in terms of adding stress, and I think when you go through something like that, you know, a diagnosis, and you turn it around, and like you said, you reverse it, and then you become an advocate and passionate about it, I think it, it becomes that much more rewarding. It makes your life that much more rewarding that you're helping people as your current job it's huge because a lot of people are in the rat race they're in this corporate life thinking that this is the only way to climb the ladder to achieve and it's not and a lot of times there's uh, an ROI to this and I think that allowed me to reevaluate what it is how I want to live my life how it is that I want to do uh, in terms of helping others and serving others but at the same time you know, before in corporate, even though I worked for a lot of great companies and, and met a lot of wonderful people, there was still something missing. I still wasn't uh, completely satisfied and completely happy. And then on top of it, you know, they, I felt like it was just sucking me dry. And a lot of, a lot of people feel this way. And I think this is what you, what you find when, when people are starting to, you know, have a pause let's say like coronavirus, start to reevaluate their lives, start to reevaluate their health, their health status, where they're going. And is their, is their job really serving them? Is this really what they want to do for the next 10, 15, 20 years? Um, or do they want to do something that they're truly passionate about? Yeah, I agree. And I think it's ultimately, obviously, a mindset shift. So what are you doing and what's important to you? And what's important at that juncture of your life? So priorities change things that happen to you obviously change and I think society's norms get pushed on you so like you said uh, earlier we can define our own health and our own choices in that way but growing up you're stereotypically pushed to you know big pharma or you can only do it this way and there's a lot of solutions for different problems and different medical ailments if we just look because I mean it's all around us it's true it's true it's and it's no surprise and it's almost a oxymoron that you know we spend so much in healthcare, in health insurance, in medicine, in research, and yet the U.S. is the number one country with the highest rates of cancer, diabetes, you know, autoimmune disease, and heart disease. And instead of doing better in our healthcare for for the people, we're actually going worse. And I think we're we're 
like at number 32 or 35 down the list of, of the world's best healthcare in the world. And it's, it's a pity because I remember living back in, in the U.S., I was paying out of pocket probably four to $500 a month and as a single person. I know my mom has talked about paying over $2,000 for a family of four. So it's expensive. It's definitely expensive. Yeah, it's expensive and it's more of a, you know, proactive versus reactive approach. So you're not treating kind of like the condition, you're waiting for it to develop and become something more serious and then push a more expensive, you know, process procedure or whatever in terms of a life-saving surgery where the recommendation could have been something over time that would alleviate it naturally or, you know, would prevent the onset. But it's just, I mean, it's a big pharma kind of, there's money in everything, like you said, cancer medicine. So, I mean, medicine is developed to kind of, not necessarily, I mean, I'm not gonna be a, a scientist or a pharmacist right now and say I know the statistics, but I feel like working with a lot of big pharma clients on the marketing side, they're pushing in terms of advertising their drugs that are treatments, not necessarily putting that money into research for a cure. No, absolutely. The longer they can, there's documentaries that I love watching about this, but the, if they can keep you longer on the meds and keep adding more meds to you, it's the more money they make. And it's it's a business. And during this, this COVID-19, we actually, I've seen articles written from the New York Times, the LA Times, the Washington Post, where hospitals in California are losing money. And they're losing money, even though they've already made $6 billion per month, but they're still losing money because they're not doing surgery, because they're treating COVID-19 patients, which um, are are kind of occupying their time and occupying their space, but yet there's no medication given to them and and there's no surgery to be had. So this is where the money is made. Yeah, I agree. So what motivates you to succeed? I think empowering people to allow them to know that through diet and lifestyle, things can change. It's, and it's, um, it's heartwarming to, to find that some of my clients are nutritionists. Some of my clients are academics. Some of them are personal trainers. And this allows me to believe that many of us have blind spots, regardless of how fit we are, regardless of how uh, you know, muscle mass we, we are and how on the outside we could look healthy on one way. Because I myself, I, I thought I was very healthy too. When I was diagnosed with this, I had a personal trainer. I was working out six days a week. I was at my leanest. I had, you know, I mean, I was just very, very fit, very, very fit. And I thought I was healthy and then yet I still got alopecia. And so no one is immune to this and no one is immune to any disease really. And so it's really understanding and listening to our body because our body gives us clues. And so with the empowerment, with understanding what true diet and lifestyle looks like, because no one's teaching us this, you go to schools, There's no such thing as nutrition. There's no such thing as diet and lifestyle. There's no such thing as stress management. There's no such thing as, you know, even life coaching that that's given to kids that are in elementary or high school kids going into college. There's a lot of different transitions that are happening and opportunities that we can be teaching these things, lifestyle tactics in terms of studying, in terms of sleep, in terms of nutrition. And parents alike are not being taught. I was never taught nutrition. I grew up on the standard American diet. And that, that was probably, probably part of the problem. That, that's not the solution. And so understanding where food is, how it affects us, how the agricultural practices have changed throughout the years, uh, the water conditions, the quality of our water, just 
every little thing makes a difference. Every little thing adds up. Yeah, I agree. And I think, like you said, that education component, kids in schools aren't necessarily taught about what good nutrition is. Or there's a lot of obviously impoverished areas that are food deserts. So they can't afford anything. So nutritious food isn't necessarily, you know, put into those neighborhoods or brought in in a way where, you know, they can be educated and provided something nutritious over time. So I think uh, that needs to change. I know, obviously, in the U.S. and I mean, I'm sure it's like that in other countries in the world as well. It is. It is. You start to see uh, Western Europe is also uh, in, in the UK as well. Those rates of, of disease have started to, to go up. And so it, it is astonishing that it's astonishing that I see clients from all over the world, everywhere from Nigeria to Kenya to Australia, New Zealand, um, the UK, all over the US. So it, regardless of, of whether you live in sunny Southern California um, or, you know, on an island, alopecia is still possible for you. And it's, um, it's very sad to see that not only is this occurring in adults, but it's also occurring in young children. I've seen um, clients as young as two years old come to me with alopecia. And it's, it's disturbing because we can change this. We can create the education and the knowledge so that mothers, even in pregnancy, can take action and do things so that their kids have a healthier start to be aware of. And the thing is, if our government isn't protecting us, if they're not allowing us to be aware of certain things like fluoride in the water uh, or where the water sources are coming from, you know, allowing uh, certain labels to be used when in reality it's just filled with glyphosate and pesticides, we have a problem. This is going to continue to get worse. Yeah, I think the, the water thing is huge. I mean, I don't think a lot of the bottled waters are any better. But uh, personally, my wife and I do buy bottled water because we get notifications monthly, bi-monthly from like the major waterworks or whatever that, you know, there's traces of lead. And then, you know, when there's something in there because they shock and treat the water with chlorine or whatever, because you take a shower and the whole house smells like chlorine. So it's like, I don't think uh, they're adding a relevant solution. I mean, they're not necessarily making that water supply better. They're just kind of putting a bandaid on it for the time being. It is. It's, it's, it's really heartbreaking to see that in, you know, wonderful, strong economies, we still have these basic problems of dirty water, of water that's filled and laden with fluoride, lead, cadmium, um, arsenic, um, or even remnants of uh, pharmaceuticals that are, you know, uh, excreted out. And, and we're drinking that and we're using that to cook with and we're using that to shower with. And if, if we're not drinking it, then it's still getting into our bodies through our skin. Our skin is the largest organ. So it's very concerning and it's overwhelming at the same time. It's very overwhelming. And so I, I started to see this throughout um, my platform of Alopecia Angel and dealing with the clients. And I created a, a two-month program to help people and walk them through, hold their hand, whether you're a parent who has a child with alopecia or whether you're the adult who has to multitask with a full-time job, with maybe children or travel or any other responsibilities on top of a healthcare issue, uh, you know, I walk you through this because it's it's better in bite-sized pieces because if not, it can be very overwhelming and you trip yourself up and you thinking you're, you're doing the right thing and in reality, you're setting yourself back. And that's how 
it took me two and a half years to figure this out because, you know, it was one step forward and then five back, one step forward and another 10 back, just because I didn't realize certain things were making things worse. Yeah, I think it's important at times to have a guide or someone that's lived through it or been through something so they can basically fast track you to a solution so you don't kind of fumble around on your own and avoid some of those hurdles or pitfalls in terms of, you know, a condition like you had or anything in terms of business, in terms of life, someone that's actually lived it and been through it, through it as a guide, as an advocate, as a mentor to really fast track you to a solution. I definitely believe in that. Um, that was a lifelong lesson, you know, because at the same time, it's like, would you take personal training advice from someone who was overweight and, uh, you know, maybe not in the healthiest shape? Would you want to take advice from, you know, a doctor who's never been there and never understood alopecia, maybe understands it via textbook, but hasn't lived it, doesn't really understand what physically, you know, is going on inside of you? Because it's much more than just hair loss. You you feel the fatigue, you feel the brain fog, there's dry skin, there's dry eyes, there's digestive issues. There's a whole host of other issues, um, you know, depression, anxiety that are tagged along with alopecia and a lot of times people misunderstand it or don't really understand or think that something's completely wrong with them but then when you start to see the full circle of how this autoimmune disease works then you're like oh okay so once I, I heal this and everything else kind of subsides and goes away yeah I agree so what's one thing you may have seen as a weakness in yourself in the past that you've turned around and utilized as a strength today well, impatience. I am very impatient. I like answers now. I like answers yesterday, right? That's the corporate side of of wanting to get things. But at the same time, you know, you turn it around and you persevere. And I think perseverance, relentless perseverance is what led me to results. My why was bigger than anything else. I, I didn't do this. I didn't start Alopecia Angel for others. I actually started it you know, with myself, I was the guinea pig. I was the one who went through all the trial and error through the different uh, protocols that I tried, writing everything down. And it was for my own hair, for my own health that I wanted to get better. And I wanted a natural way. Yeah, I wanted a natural way just because I didn't want to have any kidney damage, liver damage, or anything else go wrong because of medications. And being in a certain age, I didn't want anything to affect fertility. I didn't want anything to affect uh, the possibility of having healthy children. Uh, nowadays, you know, things come to market and then it's 10 years, 20 years later, they take it off because, oh, lo and behold, there's a bunch of women or a bunch of people in general who have seen adverse side effects. And it takes a long time to see those adverse side effects. And sometimes you're stuck with them for years. And Notably, there have been in the past, in the 70s and the 60s, there's been a lot of medications that have come to market. They've given to them to pregnant women. They've given to them to women in general. And then lo and behold, their, their children come out with certain uh, health conditions or impairments. And I didn't want that to happen. I wanted my body to be as healthy as possible, uh, creating a strong immune system, supporting itself. And again, you know, if I had hair before, like why would I not have it? again like this is possible you know just i had it before i can do it again so it was just trying to put the puzzle pieces together to figure this out and so going back to that relentless perseverance 
that was my why. My my why was my health and and taking a step back. You know, when you start to think about, oh, I have my job, I have this, I have that. None of that really matters if you don't have your health. And we've seen that with COVID-19. You know, it's not just elderly people who are getting sick and and unfortunately dying. It's young people, it's teenagers, it's, you know, people in their 30s, 40s, 50s, uh, newborns. I, I, I know somebody who she, she was pregnant, she's here in the Netherlands, she had a baby and I don't know how or why, but her newborn also already has COVID. Like this is unfortunate. This is, yeah, this is unfortunate. So we need to focus on health. And this is a wake up call, not just for, you know, alopecia is not just for, for the person who's going through it, but it's for the whole family to support and to say, okay, what's something I'm doing wrong? How can I better my health? How can I improve? And COVID, I, I believe, is a wake-up call for the world to to be healthier, to focus on their health, to support their immune system, to get everybody on board. I mean, if you don't have health, you really don't have anything. Yeah, I agree. And I think with that kind of impatience, you often look for like a magic pill. So like uh, either like a get-rich-quick scheme, if it's like professional and you get kind of uh, delusional about, yeah, this is, you know, I'm going to be a millionaire, I'm going to sit on the beach. Or if obviously you have an ailment and somebody claims there's a lot of non-backed medical, you know, different supplements and things of that nature not approved where they make different claims. But if you look at pharmaceuticals, a lot of them that aren't over the counter are black label. So they cause as a side effect, there's death or severe injury that's a byproduct so it's like sometimes what you get is worse than what you may actually have and if you actually took the time to really research and try these different things for yourself or what's right for your body you would get to a more positive resolution in that sense amen i i I believe that wholeheartedly it's it's the patience the perseverance and the discipline because it's a lifestyle change it's a diet change and you may think that you're already healthy and you're already doing things right, but there's blind spots. And I've had huge blind spots. And it, you don't know until you know. You have to unlearn to relearn. And and this is part of, of the education process that, that I'm so passionate about. And I, I speak professionally about this. I speak to entrepreneurs about stress management because uh, whether you're on the road and you travel, either pre or post uh, COVID, you know, and you're on the road, that also takes a toll on your body, on your health, when you're eating, grabbing go stuff from the airports and, you know, exposing yourself to a lot of stress and just go, 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 go. Uh, it was fun for a while, um, but it, it took a toll on me. Yeah, I agree. So what's one piece of advice you can leave with the audience, personal or professional? I would say to be your own advocate, to advocate for yourself in terms of your health, in terms of your family's health, to seek a second, a third, a fourth opinion, to invest in yourself. Investing in your health is so important. Investing in your growth and your knowledge and learning more is so important. So even for for me, like alopecia is not the end of my health journey. And even during my program towards the end, I tell people, this is not the end of your journey. Here are another 10 books that I that have changed and rocked my world. And, you know, I want you to read them. Here are other documentaries that I believe you should, you know, follow up on. And it's much more than just alopecia. Now, at this time of my life, I'm looking at brain health. I'm looking at how to age beautifully and gracefully, how to, you know, avoid dementia, how to avoid Parkinson's. 
a lot of this can be avoided with diet and lifestyle and no one's telling us, no one's given us the, that clue. And it's because they don't make money off of diet and lifestyle. Doctors don't spend um, not enough time when they're going to school on diet and lifestyle. Uh, you know, they're, they go there to learn procedures, they, surgeries, and all these things that are very necessary in their due time. But if we can heal a lot of our ailments with diet and lifestyle, that should be our first option. And so no one's going to advocate more for you than yourself. And knowing yourself, knowing your body, what, how it's talking to you, and stepping back because even before I actually got the hair loss, there was signs. There was a lot of signs that I was having the digestive issues, the anxiety, the, like the knots in my stomach, um, almost like butterflies, but not butterflies, just like knots. And it was all high stress. It was a lot of high stress. Now, stress is not the only trigger. There are many triggers to alopecia or to any autoimmune disease, but at the same time, high stress was one of my big ones. And I think that if we taught more of these things and it starts in the home, right? My health journey started later on in life. I don't think I started my health journey until I was maybe 25, 26 with my first Pilates class, but it takes time and it shouldn't take time. This should be basic learning, basic skills for life because our modern life is very different than the way it was 50 years ago. And so we need to adapt. And that includes the curriculum that we're teaching. We need to uh, teach stress. We need to teach perseverance, patience, discipline. We need to teach nutrition. We need to teach lifestyle. Like how do you expect to excel in life or in any of your goals if, if we don't have the right foundation set up for you? Yeah, I think it's important to advocate for yourself and those around you. I mean, my wife and I, in terms of our foster kids, because the people in the system don't necessarily treat them like they're their children, they're, you know, case numbers, and they just want to move the case along. So oftentimes we have to fight kind of the system to get kids services that they really need, like therapy and things of that nature. And people like doctors, different other professionals don't necessarily have a vested interest in your health. You know, they're giving you advice, but it's not necessarily the right advice or the advice to your situation. A lot of the time it's very general and trying things, kind of throwing things at the wall. My wife has, has had really severe migraines for a while that she's been admitted to the hospital a few times. And they've thrown wow. every single possible drug that leads to other symptoms in terms of like an ulcer or other situations. And I mean, I don't think that's kind of the, the right approach. So like you said, I think advocating for yourself and others and then educating yourself and having that kind of backing in terms of the knowledge so people can't just tell you something and then you're kind of obliged to believe it. Yeah, I've always been a firm believer in research and that's what's allowed me to get this far, but taking action is needed. I hear it from people all, all the time where they do the research, but then they, they lack on the action. And so taking the action is needed because you can know that exercise is good for you, that yoga is good for you, that, you know, being in nature is good for you. But if you don't do it, it's the same thing. Yeah, I agree. So I really appreciate you stopping by today. Can you let the audience know how they can find you? Yes. Uh, AlopeciaAngel.com. Also on Instagram and Facebook, you can find me at Alopecia Angel. And um, I offer a free consultation, uh, which is on my website. I have freebies to download if anyone has questions. And um, yeah, I look forward to another possibility, another opportunity to speak to you. Thank you so much for your gracious time. My pleasure. Thanks again.
Take care. This podcast has been brought to you by Nova Zora Digital. Find out how Nova Zora Digital can help your company grow online. Learn more at NovaZoraDigital.com. Until next time, all you digital savages.